0: Welcome to Alternative Dog Moms podcast. I'm Kimberly Gautier, the creator of Keep the Tail Wagging. For the past nine years, I've been blogging about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. I've seen massive improvements in my dog's health since I started raising my dogs naturally, and I'm passionate about sharing my experience to help other pet parents.
1: I'm Erin Scott. For the past nine years, I've been researching and learning everything I can about healing cancer, allergies, autoimmune, and mystery illnesses in both my dogs and myself, and I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned on this journey. As the Alternative Dog Moms, we're bringing you all the latest dog health news that we're following and sharing the tips, tricks, and resources we learn along the way. Now, let's get started.
0: Hello, Aaron. I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I was just still thinking about it. Angry Erin. <laughs> Angry Erin is like the best podcast experience <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs>
1: I like double and triple checked everything tonight. <laughs> that my can, internet connection is like, I have like, on own hardwire ethernet. So it's not like the wifi went out and I have the battery, you know, the power cord plugged in. So it's not like the battery. went dead. So I I was, tell
0: you, it was your rage. It <laughs> was your rage. You're like, um, what was it? Erin Gray. Isn't her name? Erin Gray from the X X-Men. Jean Gray. No, it's Dr. Jean Gray. Damn. If it was Erin Gray, I would have been so happy. No, it's Dr. Jean Grey, but you know, you're like the, you know, the Phoenix.
1: (laughs) Well, I, my husband calls it going full Aaron when I'm (laughs) in research mode. So I have been going full Aaron, full nerd out this week on this study that we
0: briefly discussed last week. I am really excited about this because, you know, I think the thing that's disappointing to me is, um, I don't think that they're wrong. Right. And I bet you if you and I sat down like for a month and just started finding recipes online and in books and putting them through the animal diet formulator, probably most of them would have issues. So I don't think that they're wrong. I just need more. I need more of what did you do? How did you do it?
1: Yeah. And more of how did you select what you select? And were there things that you purposely didn't include? (laughs) Because when I did start looking around, you know, so this study was available, it looks like most of the research was conducted in 2012, and then it was published in 2013. And so, you know, we had talked about, well, Dr. Morgan's book wasn't out yet, Dr. Becker's book wasn't out yet. So what information was available at that time? And then I started going through all the references and uh and then re- I was like oh I have some of these oh I have some of these I got to go got to go look this up <laughs> and so I do I'm going to nerd out and just read a couple sentences for everyone okay again the the um the name of the paper is evaluation of recipes of home prepared maintenance diets for dogs and this was published in the journal of the American Veterinary Medical Association in June of 2013 and They say right in the second paragraph, The information reported here is intended to provide an evaluation of recipes for home-prepared diets for adult dogs conducted via computer-based software and compared with recommendations for essential nutrient intake in adult dogs as provided by NRC and AFCO. A secondary objective was to compare recipes written by veterinarians with those written by non-veterinarians, We believed that most of the recipes would not meet requirements for essential nutrients and that recipes written by non-veterinarians would have a higher number of deficiencies than the recipes written by veterinarians. And then they go on to say that they looked at 200 recipes from 34 different sources. And they break this down as 133 recipes obtained from two veterinary textbooks and nine pet care books for owners and then 67 recipes obtained from 23 different websites. And so then they, you know, they list in their their references section what all of these were. Now, for the recipes that came from the books, they give you all of the information that you need including all of the page references so you can go and look them up. But what was more annoying to me was just For the ones that came from websites, they do give you the website that it came from and the date that it was accessed, and I did totally go to the Wayback Machine online and look these up, and there I thought it was a little more confusing to see what exactly they looked like. Some of the websites had multiple recipes. Some of them would have multiple categories of recipes, so were they looking at treat recipes, at the beef, at the chicken? That part was a little more
0: difficult to decipher from. Well, I have the Dinner Possible book, which is one that they listed by um, Dr. Kathy Alanovi and Susan Thixton. And on page 47 of the book, it says, if you feed your pet a variety of different recipes over a couple of weeks, you will provide your pet with a variety of nutrition. So the thing about it, um, it says, as long as you stay close to the estimated proportions of meats, organ meats, fibers, and vitamins or minerals in a recipe, your pet should be fine. So the book isn't telling people, pick one recipe and feed that recipe to your dogs for the rest of their lives. Right. You know, it's letting you know that this is for um, variety. And also, I think anyone who goes through the trouble of buying a a recipe book for their pets aren't going to stick with one recipe. They're going to flip through and find recipes that are going to be easy and affordable for them to make. And I mean, this book is, I don't know how many, well, it's 224 pages. It's not 224 pages of recipes, but it is a cookbook for um, dogs and cats. So I, I'm curious about that. They do say, okay. So for the Dr. Ella Newby book,
1: they reference pages 71 to 113. Okay.
0: 71. Do you have the 2011 version? Oh, let me see. This is a gift. Oh, Kathy signed it for me. She's so sweet. This is, ah, this is a two, this is a 2015 version. Oh, okay. I've it. (gasps) No wonder it's so nice and shiny. (laughs) I'm really surprised Rick Woodford's book wasn't listed.
1: Yes, I have that one too. And that one was published in 2012, which could have been. Oh, so it might've kind of missed it. But the, uh, the ones that really blew my mind that weren't included were, I have a whole pile of stuff here. <laughs> Number one, Dr. Pitcairn. I have the fourth edition. The fourth edition came out in 2010, but there have been various versions of this in publication since 1982. And they even say right on the cover, more than 500,000 copies sold.
0: I have one of them.
1: Exactly. Like, I feel like this would be a natural place to start. start, Yeah. And the other one that surprised me that I have was Wendy Volhard's book, because that's been in publication since the year 2000. And this was not included in something that they
0: looked at. And I kind of feel like Wendy Volhard, she's been around um, and talking about this for much longer Mm -hmm. than that. Yeah.
1: I think maybe the second edition of the book. So there's probably there's probably another version that's been out.
0: Even. Um, Dr. Kozier um, references Wendy Bolhard, and that's where she started. When she started feeding raw, she followed that book. So
1: when you hear statistics like "oh, ninety five percent of homemade diets aren't you know meeting proper nutrients." But, like, how did they pick and choose which ones they looked at? Because clearly there's, like, two huge, like, Bible resources that people who are into holistic health, alternative health, would be looking at, and they didn't include any of it.
0: And, I'm, and, and it's, like, the question is why? I mean, was it because you looked at it and it was spot on and it, and it wasn't saying, you know, like, the I mean, it's just sort of, like, were you trying to 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 support what you already believed or were you really trying to find the truth?
1: Right. And that's the kind of stuff that I really take issue with. And the other thing that I just thought was interesting and they do sort of disclose it in a footnote, but one of the authors on the paper, so, okay, so this is how they, they disclose it, right? So one of the authors on the paper, it says, Dr. Larson is an owner of DVM consulting Inc. So I'm kind of like, oh, what's DVM Consulting Inc.? Oh, they're the people who own Balance It. And that's the program that they use to do all of their analysis in this paper that's basically saying, you know, you and then, you know, I don't know, it seemed to me like perhaps this is just sort of scientific evidence that balance it works and then they can tell other yeah. veterinarians oh you should be using this cuz we've published papers about it yeah you know, i don't take issue with their statistical analysis that they did i don't even take issue with the conclusion that yeah you shouldn't just randomly like you said feed your dog something you saw in a book somewhere or online somewhere without doing some some research and fact finding behind it yeah. but i do just you know start to wonder about like how how did you choose these these things in the first place to, to come up with this? Because you clearly weren't looking at two of like the biggest, most commonly, you know, resourced references.
0: Yeah. But I'm over on their website and I do, I remember um, hearing about balance it and um, that, you know, you go to their website and you pick these ingredients and then you order the, I guess, whatever's going to balance it out. I don't doubt that this is right. I always go back to the every dog is different. Right. And again, it's one of those things where it's better than nothing. But anyone, I mean, if I were to come out with a raw food company, or no, let's say this if all of a sudden I started writing content about raw food being maybe it's not so great and da 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 da, and just started pointing out content. And then, like a year from now, I come out with a cooked food brand. It's going to make people, all my content is going to be suspect because it's just sort of like, okay, well, that's why you felt this way is because you, you're selling cooked food. So it's just like, whenever someone puts out a message that says, okay, be careful here. I'm always like, well, wh- what are you going to sell me? Right. What's the agenda? Yeah. What's, what, what's the alternative? And are you selling it? And so that's, that's kind of like, like a conflict of interest.
1: I think so. I mean, some people just, I guess, say that that's smart marketing, but yeah. to me, you know, would you use the fuzzy eyebrow?
0: <laughs> I mean, that could be that too. I mean, and it's like, in, it could be one of those things where I don't know when Balance It came out. So maybe this is one of those things where they did this study and that's what inspired them to launch Balance It. I think it had already been in use. Oh, hold on. I have a paper.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. So the company was founded in 2003. Okay. Since 2005 okay. balance it online formulation software and supplements okay. have been used by thousands of veterinarians and veterinary nutrition specialists to annually provide millions of custom recipes for sick and who are healthy pets. So, yeah, so they came out with that in 2005 and they also said, Oh, and we have products to fill in the gaps in
0: the diet. <laughs> And and I think that the thing that's also interesting are just the people who are using the quote. I mean, with the exception, I mean, I don't know everyone who's using it, but the people that I've seen using the quote are also selling a product. So um, with the exception of um, Dr. Karen Becker, you know, and, and again, it's like, I don't think it's wrong. I, I honestly think that if we did it, and tested out recipes, we would find a lot of deficiencies. I don't know. I also think that, you know, because one thing that I keep saying every time I brought it up is that if you read the actual, like the article, it's not as bad as it sounds when you just say 95% of recipes online aren't balanced. It's like, no, they're like deficient in at least one. And, you know, and it's just like, and, you know, and it could be a crucial nutrient, but that statement also doesn't tell me are these people adding a raw egg to the diet that covers that nutrient? And also, again, they're, they're coming at this as if someone is picking one recipe out of one book, and that's the recipe that they're feeding their dogs for the rest of their lives. I would have loved to see a portion of that study be if someone, even if they do just use one book, but say they alternate five of the recipes, is that diet still going to be deficient, you know? And that's one of those things where I I truly believe in balance over time. <clears throat> Not for puppies. Please don't come for me. Um, but for adult dogs, I do believe that it's possible. I think it's important that we know what we're feeding our dogs and have a good understanding of how the foods are impacting our dogs. But I just don't think that 95% of us are out there just like throwing you know, ground beef in the bowl and going, there you go. a day, Right. Yeah. And
1: because, you know, this doesn't include, you know, commercial fed mm-hmm. diet, you know, uh, you know, commercial raw or, or commercial, you know, cooked diets. And it also doesn't include somebody who's working with, you know, Scott Marshall and getting a, a diet, you know, and, and so that's why I feel like it sounds like this big, scary thing, but it's also not taking into consideration a lot of other kind of Alternative
0: things just to kibble, you yeah, know, that people are doing. And then I also go back to the, you know, when it comes to, you know, those lists that are like the 10 most dangerous foods for dogs and don't feed these foods to your dogs. And, you know, those of us who are raw feeders or even home cookers look at those lists, and we roll our eyes and we're like, okay, <laughs> because, you know, half the things on the list are fine to give to our dogs. Yes,
1: yeah, so like this article actually says like that some of them include dangerous things like garlic. <laughs>
0: That's what's so funny is just like, again, how much? I mean, right. cause if if it's a pinch of garlic, you know, I'm not really t- terribly concerned. That's not going to do anything because a lot of treatments like, you know, flea and tick call for a lot more garlic than that. Right. And, mm-hmm. But it's still not enough to, to cause harm. And I think didn't Rodney and Karen post something
1: over the last couple months that like the study that showed that garlic is dangerous was feeding some obscene amount of garlic, yeah. like 200 cloves or some amount that you would never feed a, a, a dog. Especially, you know, cause you, you sometimes, like you said, you'll see it for like flea and tick kind of prevention, you know, like they're
0: let us have not- garlic in their dinner tonight.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we have um, a product that we love uh, that definitely has
0: garlic in it. Yeah, I know. I think it's my animal essentials has a, a product that I really like. I don't remember what it's called, but it has garlic in it. And then the springtime garlic granules, which I enjoy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see those lists and I used to get so aggravated about, because I would get emails from people. A lot of times bloggers will get emails from people who want to give us like guest content and they just want to link back. And since right. my blog has been around for 10 years, it's a good place to put links on and it, it'll help. How
1: even can I get them?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll boost their, their, so if, yeah, if you need a link back, let me know. I mean, I mean this for Aaron, not for people listening. Please don't, please don't email me. I get emails all day, every day. And it's like really aggravating. But I would get these emails worth these lists and I would just email them back and just go, I'm sorry, I can't. Promote that, And now I just say, I just don't even bother responding, or I just say, no, thank you. But I used to ex- try to explain that, you know, there's a lot of things that are wrong, and I would break down what was wrong. And they would be like, I'll fix it. And, and I was just like, no, I can just make it myself. And if I want a list like that, I have Canva, I can make one myself. But I look at those lists today and wonder, whoever started putting those together, if it was one of those, like, yeah, technically dogs can have garlic and technically dogs can have all these things, but I don't trust my, you know, patients humans to actually do this appropriately. So I'm just going to tell them, no, it's going to kill your dog.
1: Right. And that's a true statement. And, you know, it was just making me think of sometimes the questions that you see people ask, um, like in the raw feeding 101 group, for instance, and you're like, Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I just, you know, like, God bless Scott and you and the people, you know, who have the groups that take the time to answer the like, super beginner
0: questions. It is, it's astounding because people, I blame studies like this, and not even the study, but people who are repeating one little sentence in this study, just to basically turn people off of raw feeding. You know, it's like people... So, overthink things. And it's not that I didn't in the beginning, but you know, it's been 10 years. So, it's just like, well, oh, actually, it hasn't been quite 10 years. I think it's been like eight or nine years, but it's kind of shocking the questions that people bring to me because it's like, oh, that's a good one. I wonder how many people are asking that question because it's still very, very basic. And, you know, and it's the answer is, of course not. No, no, you don't have to worry about that. But, you know, you never know. I actually just had a conversation with someone. Um, It's weird to me because, you know, I usually people who comment on my page are following my page. But every now and then I get someone who's commenting on my page that it just came through their feed. Maybe one of their friends commented, um, but it came through their feed. And um, a woman was asking me about first she asked because I posted a meal. The meal wasn't very pretty, so I don't know why I posted it. I usually only post pretty meals, but I don't know something today. I just decided to post. Um, but anyway, she asked, "What is this?" And so I explained to her, you know, this is my dog's meal, and explained what it, what was in the bowl. And she was just like, "But aren't bones bad for dogs?" And I and I just explained, you know, how I choose the bones, and you know, I make sure my dogs they chew them up very good, and and so on and so forth. But it was a really brief but great conversation. I mean, I usually get people who are just coming to my page to tell me that I would never feed raw meat to my dogs. This is very dangerous. Um so I I occasionally get those but um it's kind of cool to uh to talk to someone who is very like this just came through their feed and they're like what am I looking at and and have them be open to it. So that was exciting. Yay.
1: I did want to mention something uh that might be interesting if anybody uh, is interesting in learning more about like how to analyze some of these scientific studies and stuff like that. So there is a documentary. It's available on Amazon Prime, and this is going to sound really random at first, but I have a point. So it's called Four Games in Fall, and it's actually about the whole Deflate Gate situation. I don't know if you follow football at all. Yeah,
0: football. Yeah,
1: but with with uh, the Patriots and whether they were deflating footballs, you know, to make them, I don't know, fly better or something, <laughs> whatever that does. Um, and so my boss is actually interviewed in this documentary. And I guess about, I'd say about two thirds of it is specifically related to this whole football situation and how it all unfolded, which is very interesting because it's very different than the impression that you would get based on a headline you see on the news or on social media. And then about one third of the documentary is kind of about bad science, science for hire, and how studies can be manipulated and like the common things to look for. And so this is the part where my boss actually is. Like, nice. And so. Um, I actually I watched it uh again recently and I was like oh this is this is good <laughs> like this is really good helpful information if you you know want to understand more about how these things happen and how science gets corrupted and then we see like these little headline blips on the news or on Facebook and it's like, Oh, this is dangerous. Oh, you know. And then when you like really break it down and look into it, you you realize where all this is coming from.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that always goes through my mind, and I got this from Dr. Lori Kozier is follow the money. Mm -hmm. Um, This happened during all the DCM um, chatter and You know, it was just like if something came out and it was like, okay, this this is the person who wrote this article, then I had to go and Google that person to see who did they work for. And yeah. it's like, they work for Blue Buffalo, they work for Purina, they were, you know, and it's just sort of like, and what's, I think, disappointing about that is, you know, everyone needs to have a job. I'm, I'm not shaming them for making money, but it does, especially in a uh, industry where people are battling, you know, we have the, the raw food, the cooked food, the kibble, all battling for market share. And so it does, if Purina or someone who has worked with or for Purina comes out with a study that says, you know, raw fed dogs can get DCM, you know, and so feed kibble, then there's no study that says that, but that's my example. You know, it's suspect and what I found is during the DCM debacle, I I felt that it was good information and good to know, but I also felt that the way information was delivered, it unnecessarily scared people by sharing inaccurate information. Because I saw a lot of people, in fact, after I I didn't write the article, my friend's husband wrote the article on my website about DCM and I shared it. It was interesting because I knew that it was going to stir up comments. I spent days and I actually had to call my friend and her husband and they were traveling at the time, but we all had to just sit online and respond to comments because it was insane. And the things that people were saying, um, and this is why I always, you know, I recommend, especially, you know, this this study, the 95% thing, um, is just such a great reminder of asking people their source. Because people will say all kinds of stuff. And there are so still so many people out there that believe that, you know, well, why would you lie? So they'll just believe it. And unfortunately, this I was one of those people for a long time. And still, I started noticing the um, discrepancies and the things that people were saying. But one person told me that, Raw feeding was actually a big contributor to DCM because it was a high sulfur diet, and I was just like, "Can I please have the um, source source information?" (laughs) And and I just kept asking for the support, and she was like, "Well, I don't remember where I read it." And I was like, "Then I'm going to have to delete your comment because you cannot come on here and post something without providing support for it." But it was like I got some wild theories from people, and it was pretty darn astounding. I even got some people that said some you know, they were just very angry. And what's interesting is that, well, I didn't really understand the anger, but I understand the fear because I don't know how I would feel if I got the news that my dog had DCM. And, you know, especially given, I mean, it's the same as getting the news that my dog has cancer. It's just sort of like, wait a minute, I'm doing everything right. What do you mean? So- you know, so I can understand the passion behind behind it, but I'm just, it was really kind of uh, shocking the level at which some people, and these aren't veterinarians or nutritionists, they're just regular laymen, the things that they were saying just to prove, um, I don't know, I guess because that Purina Pro plan was the best food for all dogs. I don't know. I don't know what the goal was, but it was just sort of like, man, they didn't like raw feeders. That was for sure. <laughs> you know there's another good documentary I was just reminded of too. It's called Hot Coffee. Mm-hmm. And it <gasps> brings- oh, the McDonald's?
1: Yes. And it really goes into like what really happened mm-hmm. versus the story that was told in the media. and it talks about like how scientists and industry and PR, can and basically money you know can manipulate a story and manipulate public opinion oh, yeah and it makes me think of the whole DCM thing right like uh, how that like kind of spiraled and 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 like the wrong thing ends up like sticking in people's minds because mm-hmm. it, it really kind of broke down like that whole phenomenon and it uh, was really fascinating also
0: and, and it is true because it's I mean I think that we all of us should be completely unsurprised by that just given the past few years of the media, where it, where it be politics or celebrity or, or anything like that. I mean, it's astounding how someone can take a headline and develop such strong opinions about something.
1: Based on like um, one sentence worth of information. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I remember seeing, um, a story, it was a headline that people, and it was a, a link that was being shared repeatedly on Facebook. This was years ago. And it was something about uh, a politician not praying for something. And people were like, that's rude. I, I don't know if that's right or not. But if you actually click on the link and read the story, it was so mundane. Oh, it's total clickbait. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and I saw the same thing during, um, the pandemic when we were seeing the um, the protests and the riots. So there was a something being shared on social media, and it was a picture of, a, actually, I think it might have been downtown Seattle. And, and it said, you know, COVID cases have skyrocketed. And whatever the picture was, it was like the day before or two days before. Um, that's when the picture was taken. And I just remember thinking, I literally would... Would have just saw it and been like, "Oh, that's interesting," and kept scrolling. But what stopped me was, "How do they get everyone in that picture to get tested? Mm-hmm. Like, how do they track? Because they're all wearing masks, or, or you know, and, and stuff covering their faces. Like, how did they track everyone down to get them tested to know that the spike in the cases was due to this this incident?" And so I clicked on it to find out what they did and it took me to nothing like it wasn't even an article i mean it was a it was something about it was a question of would you feel comfortable traveling on an airplane and then just tons of people commenting yes or no that's it had nothing to do with the picture that was floating around on social it was just complete and utter clickbait and it was yahoo which it was just like you would think that they would know better because you know Facebook and Google and all these people slap our hands when we do this. But it's just like, I was so shocked. And literally sitting here looking at it going, well, maybe this is a mistake. So I went back to Facebook and then clicked over to it again, thinking somehow I must have ended up on the wrong place. But no, that's what it was. And so now I ask for support. So you just made me think of something (laughs) that I
1: experienced um, during all of the COVID and the summer and the riots and all that. So here in Baltimore, you know, there was some Black Lives Matter kind of stuff going on. There was like maybe one day or two days where like people were blocking traffic and it got like a little hairy, but nothing completely out of control or anything. But They showed a picture and I can't remember for the life of me now. I think it was on the news because I remember we were like rewinding it. Um, it wasn't, I don't think it was an internet thing. I think it was on the news and they were showing a picture of like, you know, people talking about fear of like what was going on and, you know, and they show this like pile of bricks and they're like trying to sort of imply that there's like the stockpile of bricks that people are going to throw through business owners windows. And my husband's like, stop, back that up. And he's like, that's right next to my office where there's a construction site. (laughs) And so like, of course, there's a pile of bricks there because it's part of this construction site and it's nowhere near where traffic was being blocked or where there had been concerns. It was like several blocks away and there have been no incidents. It's literally like right next to his office. And we were like, what
0: is going on? Like that, you know, that's some some bullshit. (laughs) Well, there was a lot of um, news outlets would use like stock videography. Right or, or even stock images. And so like when people would share images and they'd be like, this pisses me off and stuff, I would do, um, a Google image search to find out where it was or to see the whole image. Cause it's like, if it's been cropped down close, it's like, what is the whole image look like? Because I don't trust anything anymore. And what's funny to me is I actually had a couple people, um, unfriend me because, I went and found the original image and I was like the original image. I mean, it's still the same image, but it just sort of gave a little more context that was different When I was, I was not outraged. So it was just sort of like, huh. And they were upset because they were like, it doesn't matter. It's stale. And it's just sort of like, it does matter to me because I don't like being manipulated. I think there's enough bad things going on in the world. that We can just sit down and talk about, you don't need to make up news to get me to be outraged. I'm, I'm pretty much outraged every day, all day. We all are because it's like, there's crazy stuff happening around the world.
1: Tim's office, uh, they moved very recently, but he used to be right across from Baltimore city hall. And that's where anytime there would be some kind of like organized protest or something, it would all be happening right across, right. It's in front of city hall. And, uh, And so sometimes you'd see this like real tight shot on the news and there's like the, you know, the anchor person with the microphone and you see all these people in the background. And then, you know, Tim would like take like a picture of it at work and he's like, there's literally eight people there. And and then, you know, the the news makes it look like there's all these people. He's like, there's eight people there right now, just so you know.
0: (laughs) That reminds me of, you know, because Sex and a City did their revival um, and Just Like That, which was absolutely horrible. I couldn't even get through the first episode. Oh, my gosh. I just I I went on Facebook and just was asking people, please watch it so that we can hate it together. (laughs) Because it was and I watched it straight through hoping and it just got it didn't get worse and worse. It got worse and worse. And then it just sort of just I don't think it I don't know if it, it was still getting worse or if I just sort of. Accepted it. <laughs> that it was just like this is not going to be the show that I loved so much loved. for so many years. I loved. I loved it, I never missed an episode. And I was actually married when it first came out. And my ex husband, um, it's, it's so funny because it's like we're divorced, but you know, he was a great guy. And he would, I would come home, and there would be like sitting on the couch with the remote sitting like in front facing the TV and on the couch, like, like it was a person facing the TV would be the latest um, season of sex in a city. And I just be like, Friday night, I'm going to start. And even now for years, I have watched sex in a city straight through. And I go all the way through the first movie because I pretend like the second movie doesn't exist. Um, And I, I've watched it like almost on a yearly basis for for I don't know decades I guess and like it's been like 20 years which is scary but like, even
1: my parents watching it. Tim watched it like my parents will still you know I'll be on the phone with them and they'll be like oh you know what episode of it was on the other night and you know you
0: know how there are people who love Seinfeld and know all the things about Seinfeld or people who know all the things about friends sex in the city was my thing where I knew stuff about sex in the city. I knew when this happened. I was like, no, that didn't happen then because remember this happened. And I loved it so much. And I love the outfits. I love the fashion. I love the fact that the city, I mean, I wanted to go to New York because of sex in the city. I've never been because I have learned just like I don't ever, like I want to meet my favorite celebrities, but not really. Right. Because I want them to stay perfect in my head. So I want sex in the city that version of New York to stay in my head. Yeah. It would be a big disappointment. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's what I've been told, but it's just like, it's so amazing. And you know, and this was, it was, it was, it was an amazing show and I loved it so much. So anyway, and just like that, there was an episode where um, I'm going to call her Callie Torres because that is, she was one of my favorite characters, on Grey's anatomy. and, She's a different, she's a non, she plays a non-binary character. I should say they play a non-binary character on, and just like that. And there was a, like a pride event and um, they were speaking at the pride event. And it looks like, you know, you can see in certain shots, it's supposed to look like it's some crazy, amazing, because I assume that pride in New York City would be a That city down. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's probably the same like in Florida and like, like in these big cities. Pride is like, so, yeah. yeah, it's like that's enough. People fly in for this event. Dude, I want to fly in. I know. I mean, it's just like that is a party. But when the camera at certain angles, you can see that it's probably like, you know, 30, 40 people. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, oh, was, these are the extras and stuff like that. And it just wasn't the same. And. Um, and it just, it took me out of the show. I mean, I was trying, I was trying so hard to give it a shot, praying that it would got better, but it was just like one other thing, like on the list of things I don't like about the show, it's like, that's not a real event. And, like, <laughs> and, and, and going back when I compare it to um, Sex in the City, you know, remember when they had Fleet Week? Oh, that, yeah. It looked like the entire world was there. That was a good one, yeah. you know. And and um, I know there was a a guy, the guy that she hung out with, that was from Louisiana. He was also on an episode of Grey's Anatomy. He was a nurse, and he dated um, Miranda for a little bit. Oh. <laughs> I don't know people's names. I just know where they are. That's like some IMDb. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so funny. I have no idea who this guy is. I know. I just know because I see him in different things. I'm like, oh, that's that one guy. He was on a show on USA, and I think it only had one season, and I, I can't remember what it was called, um, but it was really good. And the there is a guy on the show, and I think he and the guy, one of the guys on the show ended up going on to being in suits, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. And I just know that in Fleet Week, um, I think she was pregnant in that season and she was, they, I think that might have been, yeah, that was also the season when Miranda had her baby mm-hmm. because Miranda couldn't go. They like, <laughs> I'm like totally off base. Samantha shoved her in a cab and sent her home so they can go party. And Miranda was just so sad.
1: <laughs> I just want to say um, Smith and Jared.
0: Yes. I wanted them to stay together and, you know. and just go off. I I wanted I, the only thing that I would have wanted from, um, and just like that, the only thing I cared about was somehow Samantha and Smith found themselves together and they were like living a beautiful Is life.
1: Like a reality show of them, or like a- if
0: they would have just told me, like, she moved to London. Uh, and she was with the Smiths over there, too. And they're living happily ever after. I, I would have forgiven everything else in that god awful series. And I hear rumors that they're coming out with a season two. No, stop it. Stop it. No, that was not good. I don't care what anyone says. It was not good. It was not funny. It was cringe. It was uncomfortable. Um, It was horrible. I don't know what the hell um, Carrie was wearing half the time because it was just like she, even when she wore outfits that just didn't make any damn sense, somehow for her, they just looked right. They worked. And, but in this series, there are times where she was, I'm like, what is happening Who is here? Because I know that the person who did the fashion on the series didn't come back. I I don't know. I don't think she was available. So at least I think that that's true. But I don't know. I just, I have thoughts.
1: I I couldn't get past the fact that Charlotte's face didn't move in the first episode. They're like at brunch. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. (laughs) For
0: me with Charlotte, it was the constant crying. Oh, I didn't even get that far. Oh, my God. She was... And so, spoiler alert, people. um, Big dies. And so she kept crying and crying. So I guess that was probably episode two, because it was the end of episode one that Big, you know, died. But she just kept crying every time she saw Carrie. And she was like, it's my fault. And if I wouldn't have made you... And I was just like, oh, my God, quit making it about you. This woman's husband is dead. The love of her life, you know. Ten years, you know, from the movie. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, oh, I loved, I love the Big and Carrie story. Even though looking back at it now, you know, I, I think when I was watching it, I was in my twenties. I was in my late twenties, twenty, I think, when it came out. I think it was, yeah. So I was still in a romantic um, mood, and you know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have much life, but now. As a 51-year-old watching it, I still love it because I love it. It's sort of like, you know, watching, um, you know, what is it called? Sixteen Candles Mm. or the other John Hughes movies. There's problems with some of these movies. It's like, it's like, like, toxic, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hmm. This is appropriate. That whole Long Duck Dong character, (laughs) bad form. That did not age well at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god I mean Revenge of the Nerds there was I mean there are so many movies in the 80s that were so problematic today so I but I still love them because that's my childhood and you know it's I I watch them in in the spirit of which it was at the time um, and I just try not to think about the rest uh, but this and the same thing with Sex and the City I watch it for the spirit that it was in and don't think about the rest but damn Big was toxic yeah yeah And just, like, bad for her. And I just remember um, there was one episode. It was when Samantha was a lesbian for that brief, short time. And she was so mad because she was like, he's so bad for her. And he's just, you know, and she said it. And they all were like, we're not going to do this with you. And, and oh, oh, I just wish that they would have. I mean, I think that they were so busy trying to be, um, like, maybe correct what they perceived as mistakes in the, um, in the series, which I actually didn't see it as mistakes. I, you know, the fact that it wasn't as diverse to me, it didn't need to be, this was about a group of friends. I mean, it, it doesn't need to be, um, it didn't need to have like every other person on the, I mean, it's, it's nice to see it. And like, there's a show called on HBO Max, and I know we're not talking about dogs, but just go with it. Um, oh, HBO Max, Gossip Girl, they re- they brought back Gossip Girl. And so people have issues with it. I actually really liked it because it was, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's TV. TV is supposed to be ridiculous. I hope no one's life is like these kids on this show. But as the first series of Gossip Girl was, I think it was pretty much an all-white cast. Um, This one is insanely diverse. I mean, everything is going on. I just feel like young people at that age just don't give a damn about anything. You know, and they're just sort of like, "Hey, if you're cool, then I'm cool. Let's be cool together." I think we were too in the '80s, but um, but you know, it it felt okay. It felt inauthentic with um, and just like that because it felt like they were pushing it, like they were shoving it down our throats, yeah. rather than just having it be the way it is and everything come out. The you know, and um, but yeah, I just I I I don't know, I don't know, but it was bad. Why did we start talking about sex in the city? This is (laughs) weird. How did we land here? Well, now that we are here, I think, I don't know if it's for certain, but today is June 7th. I should actually have Googled it, but I think today is National Tarot Day. National Tarot. Let's see. Let's see what day is it. I think it's May 25th. I swear to God, when I opened up YouTube this morning, it told me it was National Tarot Card Reading Day or something like that. So I guess I was wrong. I don't know what's going on. Oh, oh, no, that's not it either. So I guess I'm wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I'm wrong. So I don't know what I read this morning, but it made me pull out because I have a collection of tarot cards. um, And I have my The Magical Dogs tarot cards. And they're pretty cool. And I got them because of the dogs. I just looked at them for the first time today. Um and they're not what I'm used to when it looks when I'm looking at tarot cards cuz I'm used to certain things, but I don't know. I just thought it was cool. That is cool. And I know you guys have tarot cards. Do you guys have the magical dogs? We do not. I, Tim has
1: Tim Tim is actually more into card reading than I am and he has tarot and he has oracle cards and I do think he has an animal related deck, but He doesn't draw from that one very often, but we actually usually start our mornings together with a a card draw.
0: I used to, I don't anymore. I just, I went through a period of time. It was very brief where um, I was going to, what happened was, is Oh, it was, I know when this happened in 2019, we added a dog to our family, a dog named Apollo. He was a puppy at the time and he found my tarot deck and started chewing on them. So I lost a, two or three cards. And so I went online to order the deck again, because I really like it. I think it's called the Gilded Tarot deck. And I just think it's so very beautiful. But while I was looking for it, um, I started looking online, like on Etsy and all these different places to look at the artwork. Oh, look at that. It is animal tarot cards. Yeah, this you is- that's, that's really beautiful. I mean, that's what fascinates me is just the artwork. And so I ended up buying, um, like, four more decks. He loves the Doreen Virtue cards uh, because they usually have a lot of great artworks. I know he buys a lot of them.
1: That's
0: why I love the Gilded Tarot. It's a very good beginner deck, but it's really absolutely beautiful. And I can't remember. I think I was talking to someone on the phone once, and we were talking about tarot, and we were talking about different decks, and um, what am I looking at?
1: I'm going to... Hold on. Let me move the microphone.
0: Are these all tarots? (gasps) Oh <gasps> no! <laughs> That's, <him.
1: helpful. laughs> That's Is all his different decks, and those aren't even the ones that he draws from regularly. Those are like the backup ones. We have like three more
0: decks I have work to do. <laughs> I, I think I just have four decks, and I just you know one of them was was just all women and just very beautiful. I, I went by what was very beautiful, yeah. but a <laughs> Because I mentioned Etsy and, you know, collecting things. I placed an order for like a mystery bag of rocks and crystals. And those should be coming in a couple of weeks. And I'm super excited. I'm so excited. But I organized my I organized my crystals and rocks again yesterday or this weekend. And then I, I walked around the house and made Johan look <laughs> look at Because all I did was I went to the dollar store and got glass bowls. And then I put based on color though the crystals in each bowl and just scattered them around the house and he was so nice to me this weekend because i was i'm like on a diy kick right now and so and he comes and he looks at it and he makes comments and like oh that's very nice and then then he goes back to his living his life but i did that and then i planted a gazillion um uh, succulents i've i've learned how to What did you, I don't know what, there's a word for it. Propagate. I learned how to propagate new plants from old ones. And so I've been doing that and letting them grow for a a couple months. And so they were ready to be repotted. And so that was fun. So here's a funny thing. I have always called them succulents.
1: Apparently different, I don't know, places or I don't know, different people call them different things.
0: What are things?
1: Like Tim's grandmother calls them cat and kittens. Huh. And then I found that there's like other names for them also, um, because she would always talk about them, and Tim and I would look at each other like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs>
0: and then one
1: day she gave us some, and he's like, oh, they're succulents. <laughs> we're like, and so I like, you know, I had to Google
0: it, and I'm like, oh, well, it is a real thing,
1: not just like a weird your grandma thing.
0: <laughs> well, there's one type of succulent, and I don't remember what it's called, but they call it like chicken and something or. And they're the little flowery, pokey ones. I have some of those. But yeah, I don't I don't even know the names of the supplements I have. I know I can get an app and take a picture and learn it. I probably should. I just pick the ones that I think are pretty and that I won't kill. Right. And that's, that's, that's the level of plant care that I am. But I'm just pretty excited because my plants have been alive for quite some time. And so that's like a big deal to me.
1: So question for you with crystals. So the funny thing in my house is that Tim is probably more into like crystals and card reading than I am. Like I'm like kind of interested in it, but like he's like very interested and has big collections of both things. And I don't know if you've ever seen, there's like a meme that says 50% Deepak, 50% Tupac. (laughs) And that's like a very good description of my husband. Um. So, uh, he, he's, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was curious when you get new crystals, do you like do the cleansing them in salt? Do you charge them in the full moon?
0: Do you do that level of, of work? With them? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't. I, okay. So <laughs> this is only fun because people just hear my voice. And since right now I'm just talking to you, it feels like I'm only telling you this, <laughs> but whenever I open a new deck of cards, I don't let other people touch my cards. Oh yeah. I mean, I'll touch the box, but I wouldn't touch this card. Yeah. And, um, and I don't, I just just, it was just something that i someone said to me once and it just stuck with me. But whenever I open a new deck of cards, I say the Lord's prayer while I'm opening it. And so that's what I do. Um, what I do with my crystal is I'll sage them. And I don't know why. I think I just did it in the beginning because I wanted to sage something because I had, uh, I had a smudge thing and I just wanted to use it. So I was just like, I'll do it with the crystals. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: So we don't have sage because Tim doesn't like how it smells, but we have sweet grass, um, which we actually heard about from Dr. Isla Fishburne. And it can be used very similarly and it smells kind of like vanilla y. So really? It's a so pleasant it smell. Yes. And um, I will say if you get any to keep it away from the dogs, because we had it on this bookshelf here at one point and we came home one day and Penny had jumped up, grabbed it and like chewed on this because
0: <laughs> apparently it smells really good to dogs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like, I don't really, cause I don't really do anything. I I did break. I mean, here's my rose quartz. I had a rose quartz tower that broke um when the painters were here so we don't know what happened I don't know if like one of the dogs jumped on the windowsill and knocked it over or if Johan and I might have knocked it over but um I was talking on the phone to my friend and I was just like oh no my rose course broke and I looked at Johan, and I was like it broke do you think I can glue it back together and he's like of course we can glue it back together and Krista's in my ear like no <laughs> Don't grow it back together. It served its purpose. It's done now. It's telling you it's done. Go plant it in your garden. So I was like, all right. So it's out with my green beans. Yeah, because Tim, um, he will, uh,
1: use, uh, is it sea salt? I'm, I hope I'm. I think it's sea salt that he uses. Mm-hmm. Um, Or maybe we have we have like Celtic salt or something, and he'll cleanse them in that when he first gets new crystals. And then on the full moons, unless it's like raining or something, he'll usually put his crystals out to charge. So he used to charge. He used to actually get up on the roof. Um, and put the crystals up on the roof to charge and then i think there was like an incident with the ladder <laughs> we just drag a table out and then we just have to remember to run out there and get it first thing in the morning so nino doesn't try to pee on
0: it <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to see if when the next full moon is maybe i'll think it. it's actually soon hmm?
1: i think it's coming up soon i think it's like next week or
0: something i think let's see February, March, eight this isn't tell me. Full, full moon in June. June twenty twenty-two. That's fine. June fourteenth. Oh, that's a week from today. Oh yeah, seven days. Okay. Well, I will try to remember. My to birthday check. is June fifteenth. Happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's exciting.
1: <laughs> it is. It is actually now in this like post cancer uh New life that I have, and it it's yeah. exciting to have these
0: birthdays <laughs> every year. I know. Well, oh, and um, Scout's lymph, lymph nodes are going down, so yay, acupuncture because um, I think that's why. Um, it could be many things, but yeah, he's doing really good this time when he went to acupuncture. He just went in, walked around, ate some treats, and then laid down and and just pat his head down.
1: Good boy.
0: I know it was so cute. I kept trying to take a picture, but he would look look at me, and I was like, "Damn it." So I, I just snuck a bad picture and then she took a bad picture with her phone and, and then we we're like, well, we, we documented it. They're not pretty, but, you know, we see needles in his head. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So I know what I want to talk to you about. Oh. CBD. Yes, that's right. We went on this long rant. CBD oil. Yes. You had a, a very good interview. Yes, I had Angela Ardolino from CBD Dog Health on the Believe in Dog podcast this week,
1: and I got to ask her all the questions that I have been trying to figure out. Like, I know that CBD is good, (laughs) and I understand that it helps with inflammation. I kind of understood that before talking to her. I understand it much better. But what was always confusing to me is I didn't understand the difference between full-spectrum and broad spectrum. And I didn't understand why it seemed to work really well for some people. And then other people, you know, think it's like snake oil. Like, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think I've got a lot more clarification on those things now. And uh, I'm very appreciative
0: that I got to have that conversation with her, cool. and her. Tell us what's the difference between full spectrum and broad spectrum.
1: So full spectrum does include minute traces of THC, which THC is, of course, what we think of as like getting high or getting stoned or whatever. Um, And it's a more pure, less processed product. And broad spectrum means that they do additional steps to get rid of all of the THC. Mm -hmm. But as she was saying, when you're dealing with plant medicine, you know, all of these compounds work synergistically. So we don't know what else is being removed Mm -hmm. from, you know, the, the CBD um, when you're doing this extra processing, by the way, she also did correct me that CBD is kind of like a slang term for full spectrum hemp extract. So then she was telling me that, uh, When you hear studies about, oh, CBD helps with XYZ ailment, all of the studies are done with the full spectrum products. So if you're using a broad spectrum product, which I believe are more frequently available, that's more commonly what you see, you can expect to have the same results that you're reading about. Because those, all of these studies are done with the full spectrum products. And so that made so much more sense to me. Yeah. And then one of the other big things I learned was just about asking for certificates of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And she really gives like a, a breakdown and you can very easily go on CBD Dog Health's website and see what these are and how, you know, she was saying, and not just for the CBD products, but like your essential oils, for your coconut oil, any kind of plant-based product, the company should be readily making available these certificates of authenticity. And it'll break down all of the compounds that are in the product, as well as looking at things like molds and pesticides and herbicides. And I just thought that was very fascinating information that all pet parents should should be aware of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I use, I give my dogs, um, well, CBD dog health, I really like their ease, which is great for allergies and inflammation. I found when, because I had a consultation with them when I first became a customer, and I found that I was giving CBD oil to my dog incorrectly. So, because I, I mean, I believe that it works, but I was, I was always been of the opinion that it doesn't work as well as people want it to work. Or every dog is different, so some dogs aren't – it's just not going to work with. And I, I still believe that. But what I found was that I was just, like, sometimes putting it in their food. And that's, like, pretty pr- – I mean, you can still do it, but uh, I learned from them and also from other people um, in the industry that that's pretty much just – you must it'll just pour it down the drain
1: right. because,
0: you know, they're not getting – your you're wasting a lot of it because they're not getting the benefit of the entire dose when you give it to them that way.
1: Right, Cause it's traveling through like the digestive system mm-hmm. and everything else first.
0: Yeah. And then there, so I, I now give it to them on their gums and sometimes usually if I have overspill, I'll rub it into their ears. Um, but the other thing that I learned was that I needed to give it to them twice a day and I needed to be consistent about giving it to them and I actually recently learned the same thing about allergy medicine that um, I just randomly came across a video and I don't even remember what it was about. It wasn't about allergies, but in the video, the woman, it was a um, a, a, a doctor and she was talking about, she was talking about something else, but then she brought up and she's like "In FYI, if you ever feel like your allergy medicine doesn't work it's because you're only taking it when you have allergy symptoms, where it's like the second allergy season starts, you got to be taking it on a daily basis until you get through the season and that's when it's going to work. And I and that's kind of the same thing with CBD oil. Um, it's the same thing with milk thistle too, where it needs to be in your system for it to be effective. So giving it to my dog at the first sound of a firework, I'm not going to really see that. But if I can start giving CBD oil on a daily basis to my dog, maybe a couple weeks before the fireworks start, I might see better results.
1: Yes. I just ordered some of their Calm product Mm -hmm. to help see how we do through fireworks season. Yeah. I'm excited to try
0: that because what we've done in the past is not particularly work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am excited because that just reminds me of now. I don't remember. I don't know who the veterinarian is, but there is a video that was shared last year around this time by the AHVMA. And it was about how to deal with fireworks um, without medication. And he credits this to a trainer and I couldn't catch the name of the trainer. And I tried to like Google variations of it and just couldn't find it. But basically, um, and we'll link the video, but basically he said that, you know, when the fireworks start, what you do is when there's a big boom, then you boom really loud along with it and you just make it fun and exciting and then everyone gets a treat and you just basically do that. And I was just like, yeah, that's going to work. But hey, I'll try it. You know, I'll try everything else. I'll try this too. And so I started doing that. And I was still doing the other things like my dogs. I always order um, CBD oil to have on hand. And um, But this year, I decided not to medicate um, Rodrigo to see if this worked. And I was scared because I was like, I'm going to put my dog through hell if, if this doesn't work. And I, But I had a movie on hand. I think last year it was The Tomorrow War um, with Chris Pratt. It was so good. Such a good movie. I love him so much. He's from here. He's from Lake Stevens, which is down the road from us. But um, anyway, so I had it going. And yeah, I ended up pulling out my phone and recording everyone as they're just snoozing. During fireworks, and it was so amazing. Of course, you know I don't have dogs that are chewing through doors and and things like that. You know, so maybe that's why it worked. I don't know, but I was I'm looking forward to trying it again this year, and I pray that it, it works again this year.
1: Yeah, Penny gets it's like really upsetting. It's like, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say it's almost like she gets into this trance mm-hmm. where it's like a switch flips, and now she's just like barking her head off and like pacing all around and like circles. And it's like, I'm like, Penny, Penny, Penny. And it's like, you can't even get her attention or get her to focus. You know, sometimes you can give her a treat and she'll take the treat, but it's like, she's not really mm-hmm. there, you know? And sometimes she doesn't even want the treat or the food, which is like, if you know Penny, that is, okay. <laughs> but yes yeah, so it, it's, it's so upsetting. And then I feel like it's seeing her get so upset that upsets Nino. Yeah. It's not even so much the noise
0: itself. It's just that he's like, why is my girl all upset? And something must be wrong. You know? <laughs> yep. And that's what, that's what I always worry about, especially when we got like new dogs. So when Scout and Zoe joined our family, I was worried that they would start being afraid. And when Apollo joined our family, I was worried about him. Um, but they're all pretty much fine. I mean, they, they recognize that, you know, all hell is breaking loose outside In a city where fireworks are illegal, (laughs) but um,
1: they're supposed to be illegal everywhere. But live near the water, um, there's like a a river, like that. Our neighborhood is kind of built around, and so there's like all these people out with boats. They like light them off from the boats. They light them off from the court. Like you'll be walking around the neighborhood the next day, there's like stuff everywhere. Like nobody does anything about those. Sometimes it feels like our damn house is gonna fall down. Like you know, boom,
0: lose. Well, before they made fireworks um illegal uh it was even worse here because it was like people all around us were blowing them up and and still people around us are blowing them up it's just that our neighbor next door isn't doing it you know like the peop- the the properties that border our property aren't doing off fireworks and i think part of it is because of either of their age or because they have pets so it's like it's nice to be surrounded by dog people because it's just like they're not going to do it which is nice but yeah it's just I am not a fan. I mean, I think it sucks, but a good thing is that they've actually already started shooting off fireworks here. So my dogs get a slow build to the 4th of July. And then after the 4th of July, it pretty much just stops. I mean, we have
1: it like all like, it's like random Tuesday and March.
0: (laughs) Oh, we still have a little bit here and there, but it's just not bad. It's just I sort of like, like it's worse
1: after 4th of July because then everybody has, I don't know, stuff left over. That,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> put it in your garage. <laughs> Save it for next year. I just, I've just never, even like as a kid, like I'm just like, oh, okay. Like I've seen it once. I, I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't get the whole thing. I don't know. It's like, okay. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I don't know if I loved it. Is it I'm, I'm gathering maybe I did, but um, I think I, I went and got fireworks for my stepson one year. Scored big points that year. Um, it sucked when um, later on that night he was taking beer bottles because everyone was outside drinking beer and having a nice time, and he was taking empty beer bottles and trying to drop firecrackers in them, and we had to explain to him what shrapnel was. And after he did a few things that were just like, okay, and oh, and a drunk neighbor tried to put a, a firework in my hood of my sweater. Yeah, and that was that was that was pretty much the end of our fireworks and everything went in the trash and we went inside
1: so one of the funniest stories i have so i uh my father is retired baltimore city police and he was a police i think he retired when i was in like high school or middle school it was like eighth grade ninth grade something like that so when we very first my parents bought the house that i basically grew up in i think we moved there when i was seven and uh and we had this big fourth of july party with all these drunk police (laughs) And they were all shooting bottle rockets at each other, like, around the wall. <laughs> and that's, like, one it's a
0: of great the great example for the children. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's one of the, like, funniest memories I have of a, of being a kid. Because we didn't have a lot of, like, parties at our house. It's, like, pretty much, like, the one big party that my parents ever had, you know. And I wasn't, like, old enough to understand people being drunk. It was just, like, they were loud and silly, you know. <laughs> Just like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe grown-ups are doing this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, I know we had fireworks when I was a kid. Well, we didn't. My mom was not down with fireworks, but someone in the neighborhood did. And we always had a thing where it was the adults. There was a rule that adults were the only ones that couldn't light them off. And then we had to watch them. And there was always a, some news station, some news story of some kid who blew off something. Right. And so it was just like you know, don't mess around. But yeah, now it's just like I, I actually like those. Um, there's, I don't know what they're called, but you hit, throw them to the ground, and they just pop, and they just, make yeah, sense. yeah. I, see that's my speed. That and sparklers, that's my speed. I feel like that's that's I can't get in trouble with either of those. So yeah, but yeah, we'll see. I we'll we'll make it through Fourth of July. Hopefully, it won't be that big of a deal. You know, it's so funny because there's like a a. What <clears throat> a baby formula shortage, and you know all these different. So maybe there'll be a um, fireworks shortage this year. We should be so lucky, <laughs> and then we just don't have to worry about it because they don't actually
1: sell them in Maryland. Like they don't sell like the quote unquote good ones in Maryland, but where we're where we are, it's not too far from the Pennsylvania line. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will drive up to Pennsylvania and like buy tons of them. So I'm hoping I don't know maybe with the cost of gas right now, people <laughs> yeah. are. <doing> <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Cause I really do think about that. I mean, cause I have a, my, um, my veterinarian, two of them now that are in Seattle and they are like, so cognizant of that. Like, let's talk about this, you know, gas prices because I have to drive there and back driving to Seattle and back is basically, um, more than half a tank of gas. I think if I remember, but it's, it's a lot, but yeah, it's like insane how much it is. Cause we usually have, um, probably, well, 4th of July, the day of, or the day before. We have two things that happen that bring a lot of traffic up here. One is the Tulip Festival. So people drive up north to go to the Tulip Festival. That's done. Is there a Strawberry Festival? We have a Strawberry Festival in my town, but no one comes here. It's just, Um, I've actually never been to the Strawberry Festival. I've lived here for over a decade.
1: A friend of mine actually used to live in Marysville and Everett. And uh, and so she had told me about those, that those were the two big things that she missed, the Tulip Festival and the Strawberry Festival.
0: <laughs> I, I keep saying that I'm going to go to the Strawberry Festival, but I, I've never been. I, I think I was once driving and, um, and there was a parade going on and they had cones to block up to where people can drive to and someone moved the cone, So I was just driving and this cop came over and was just sort of like, So I guess you just don't care about the cones or anything. And I'm like, what cones? And he's like looking around. and I'm like, yeah, there are no cones. So I don't, it's like, it's not clear what I'm supposed to be doing. I thought I was doing the right thing. And he was just like, oh, okay, well, you need to go that way. And it's like, okay. And I went home and Johan was just like, you can't talk to the police that way. And I'm like, yes, I can. There were no cones. You can't get mad at me for just driving if someone else came along and moved the cones. <laughs> Is there like a strawberry parade? <laughs> yeah, there's a parade. And I think that there's there's some type of – someone's like nominated or voted some – I don't know if it's a strawberry princess or – Strawberry queen? <laughs> I, I think it's like a huge thing. There are like, people have chairs all along our main street and stuff – I have never been to it. I always find out about it. Like beforehand, I'll see all of a sudden, like one morning, if you're going somewhere and you just see random chairs places and it's like, oh yeah, today's that festival and today's that parade. And then, or afterwards. I mean, but I've never, I don't even know what happens. I'm sure that there are events and I'm sure that there's gotta be strawberry shortcake somewhere. I just don't know. And so I need to figure that one out, but we have that. And then we have, the um 4th of july where we have a place called boom city it's on the talalip reservation and people come up and go to boom city well this was fun
1: Yeah, it's always a pleasure well, love the sex in to a city chat Yeah, we'll have links in the show notes <laughs> yes we will until next time see you later alligator